Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. Jobs, bills, health, relationships. When you need help, where do you turn? It seems everyone wants to sell you a package to fix your life. Welcome to Christian Impact. Impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today, May 4th, 2022. Chronicles of the Kingdom, Lesson 17. We will be finishing our three-part look at the heart tree. And so, last lesson, Lesson 2, we talked about the heart tree. We talked about the bad seed and the bad plant, the root, the branches, the stem, the entire organism or life structure that develops because of a bad seed. And that is where most of the people in the world today are. They are in some part of the stage of the life structure of a bad seed. And unfortunately, most Christians today are to some degree in bondage to this same type of life structure that is produced from bad seeds. And if you can remember, uh, a seed is a word, and we need to be planted with God's word. He is sending his word. And when we say word, we're talking about the rhema, word of God. Rhema is a Greek word. Uh, there's two Greek words for word. There's logos, which is where we get Jesus, the incarnate word of God, the being the word, the literal substance of the word. But then you have the rhema, which is what you hear when it is spoken, when God speaks to us, that's what we hear is his rhema. When Jesus told parables and you could hear the story, it was the rhema that you were hearing. The written word, your Bible would be a type of logos. It's, it's a very physical thing. So, But it's that rhema that we hear from the Lord that is the seed that is planted in us. And today many Christians, we have received bad words from the world. And of course, we summarize it down. It all comes from the enemy of the devil. I know that sounds almost overly simplified, but sometimes we have to understand that it is the simple things that have the most power in life. And there are many Christians that are living today in bondage to this, and their life structures are coming up in such a way that it's it's producing death. And and we talked about the fear, the pride, the need, the the addictions, the things that come out of that. I don't want to rehash that, but this is a little bit of a review. And because there's so many people, especially Christians, that are living that type of life, well, they try to deal with it in a worldly way. Well, how do you deal with the thing? Well, you deal with it with actions. And so it's funny. We think that we can deal with bad actions with more bad actions. And the more you try to stop a bad action, the more you seem to fall praying into bondage to the bad action um and it's it's like this you have a tree that's producing bad fruit taking a baseball bat and knocking off all the fruit doesn't change the situation the tree will continue to produce bad fruit likewise if you go well wait a minute if i don't let's not do with the fruit let's let's take a saw and let's prune or saw off or cut off all the limbs if there are no more limbs than that bad fruit, all those, the bad actions of your life, if I can just change how I do certain things, right, um, I, won't get, I won't get this death. Well, like a tree, you can cut off the limbs. I'll stop it for a little while, but you know they will grow back. 
they will grow back. There are some trees that if you chopped off all the limbs, um, within months, they would all be back. Um, and it's because the limbs are coming out of the trunk. And we talked about the trunk is need and rebellion. And so you can say, well, I'll get a chainsaw and I will cut down the tree. I will just chop it off and I'll just I'll chop that trunk off and I'll just leave a stump and, and that'll do it. But, you know, it will still continue to grow back. Why? Because you've not gotten to the root. And, of course, the root is the fact that that seed is in your heart and your heart is now damaged. And until you find healing in your heart, that bad seed will continue to grow. You can only rip that seed out by the roots. Luke 4, 18-22, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set liberty those who are oppressed to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, Jesus came, what, to deliver us to heal our broken hearts, to set us free, to free us from blindness, to give us the acceptable year of the Lord. And when is that? It's today. That is today in the, this very hearing of this message. Today is the day that Jesus can take out the bad seeds and can heal our broken heart to deal with the bad fruit, the death and destruction that comes upon us from just receiving the bad words of the enemy. Matthew 3.10 says, Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Matthew 15.13 But Jesus answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. So you see, the ministry of Jesus is, is so much about uprooting this bad seed in our broken heart to free us from this so we get to this how can we uproot this sinful life structure this this cycle and and again it's, it's hard sometimes to not talk about it um, because I talked about last week and I want to talk about the good stuff today um, so go back and listen to lesson two if you've not heard that but to get rid of that stuff, how do we how do we participate? How do we uproot this as, or let Jesus uproot these things in our lives? How do we do that? It's easy to say. It's easy to use figurative language. But how do we actually do this? Again, the answer is actually very simple. We complicate things, and that's a process of our thinking and the and the knowledge of good and evil that uh, pollutes our minds. But the uprooting is simply called repentance. Repentance, when we confess, and that confession is we have to agree with God that this is wrong. And when I say that, this agreement is not, I'm sorry I got caught. And then secretly in our hearts we're saying, if I could get away with it, I would do it. See, that's what most people think confession is, is that I got caught and I'll admit that I did that. That's not what confession is. Confession is where you come to a point of admitting and you agree with God that what happened was truly 
wrong, horrific. You you agree with him in these in these situations. See, most of us don't agree with it. We're just upset we got caught, and we're confessing we got caught, and we're sorry we got caught. But if we knew that nothing was going to happen to us, we'd do it again. Well, that's not really confession. We're just saying we're sorry we got caught. But when we agree with God is wrong, and then we repent, we turn away. See, this repentance of turning away from that action and turning to God is the uprooting. You're now uprooting the seed that is within you. And we're going to allow the Lord, as it says in Isaiah 61, which says that God will call us trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. See, that's what we're doing. We're turning to that. We're turning to the Lord to make us righteous, to plant himself in us. And so if we want to plant good seeds, good life structures, structures for our life to grow and to live, uh, then we need to turn to the Lord. That's the first step. And so uh, a little bit of another review, um, because we did talk about the what is that the, the, the word good seed from the Lord? What is that good word? Well, it's love. It is love. Um, you know, we think of grace and, and mercy, and, and we like to talk about all those things. But, you know, nowhere in the Bible does it say God is grace. Nowhere in the Bible does it say God is mercy. See, grace and mercy are things and actions that God does. It's not who he is, it's what he does. But who is God? Well, God is love. God is justice. God is those things. And it's his love and his justice that does mercy and grace. And so we want to receive the seed of love. And that's important because that is what Jesus came. You know, for God so loved the world, he is love and he loved the world, that he's willing to give his only begotten son. So that whoever believes in him shall not be condemned but be saved. And so... That is the seed that we must receive. This it is the love of God. Everything that is happening between us and God today is because of his love. And it's not a ooey-gooey feely thing. It is a very real, practical substance. God God is a reality. He is real. And therefore his love is a substance that is real. Not it's not a feeling. It produces feelings, but it is not a feeling. And so when, G, when we plant the love of Jesus in our hearts, um, and we talked about also the root, what is that? That the seed produces a root, and that root is the abundant life. Again, this goes back to the beginning of lesson two. We just shared these two. The seed is love. The root is this abundant life. And so, when the the abundant life begins to grow, what does that look like? How does that begin to grow into a stem or a trunk? Well, I'm going to use some words that we don't like. Submission. You could call that trunk submission. I personally like the word obedience better. But they go together. Submission and obedience is hand in hand. Why is that? Well, because you've received the love of God. And the love of God is now growing and taking a root to give you abundant life. If you've got abundant life and love, shouldn't you want to follow it? Shouldn't you want to obey it? You don't obey because you're afraid. You don't obey and submit. You obey because I want abundant life. 
you know, I, you go on to Facebook or the internet and, um, and I, I, I picked those two the most because there was a time when I could, go, I could go on Facebook and, and you could scroll and actually see what people in your friends list was posting today. It's like ads, ads, ads. And then people, I don't even know. And I'm like, where's my friends? I have to search out my friends. But there's all these ads. And how many of these ads are, are for things that make your life better? You know, if you did this, your life would be better. Uh, I know on uh, on TV, because I was, I was in a, a meeting talking about this sort of thing, about why are the drug companies trying to sell you drugs so that you can go tell your doctor what drugs you want to take? Shouldn't your doctor be telling you what's wrong with you and what you need to take? Not the drug company telling you, go tell the doctor what you need. Um, but I, I digress. But the point is that all these drug commercials you see on TV is telling you what? How you can live your life better. Oh, you're in pain now. This will help you live your life better. This will this will make you feel young again. This will bring you what? Abundant life. That's what they're selling is abundant life. And, and what does that require? Well, it requires that you be obedient to get their product. That's, that's what it requires. And, and so we give out our obedience and submission all the time. We do this all the time. Um, and I don't know why we feel like if I'm submissive to God that he's being a taskmaster. When the truth is, is that we submit to things all the time. And so, but we willingly submit to those things that we love. So that gets back to, have you received the love of God? If you have the love of God and his abundant life, why would you want to go against it? That doesn't make sense. If, you, if you're going to live abundantly with Lord, why would you want to rebel against that? Because if you do, you don't have love and you don't have abundant life. And that's what we all want. We all want an abundant life. So why would we not submit to living the abundant life? Why would we want to submit to torture and, and hunger and, 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 and want and depravity? It, it, we, we want that from the Lord. And so that's what it requires. The, 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 the trunk that comes out requires this obedience and submission. And, you know, that life structure that begins to develop from that, from that is characterized by two things. Faith and humility. Faith and humility. Because you see, if you're obedient, that produces faith. You believe. Why would you be obedient to something that you don't believe that you want? Why would you not do this? It also produces humility. Because why? Because you were so thankful. I'm so thankful that the Lord has provided me with his love with his uh life you know and 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 there's these these two things that this faith and this humility brings to you it brings to you the fact that you're secure you feel confident you feel safe um it makes you considerate because you know gosh i'm so blessed it makes you caring and 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 more gentle with others um why because the characteristic is, is that your root is abundant life. You you have this. And, and, it, and it brings us faith that you just believe. I have the love of God. Of course God will take care of me. Of course God will do this. It makes that faith. I want to obey and follow him. Not because I have to, but because I want all this stuff. And, and it's funny because I'm saying I, I want this, I want this, but it doesn't. Living this life and, and, and this point of 
your the growth of a plant, the tree structure, some of the heart tree, the, the, the this branch, this stem that's coming up. Um, because you have this faith, is humility and obedience, you know, being the core. Um, it brings up the point that you don't have any driving wants. What do I mean by that? Well, Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires or the wants of your heart. In other words, it's not like your heart saying, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this, and God will just give me everything. No, God actually places what do you desire in your heart. God actually puts what do you want in your heart. Because, you see, before with a sinful heart, with all that bad stuff, our heart only wants bad things and creates needs and lust and greed. And, 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 and it's all about selfish me, 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 me. But here, God does something. He actually takes that away because you don't need anything. Why? Because you've been given love and abundant life. And that produces this obedience. That's a faith and humility. And you don't have any wants. And so the desires that you do suddenly begin to have is desires that God puts in you. You know, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So you see, suddenly you don't have any of these openly, I don't have any needs. I don't, I, don't, I don't have lust because God has supplied all my needs. So because you don't have any needs, you don't have any of this stuff, what would propel us forward? Well, God places desires in us and see and that that that's what goes into the branches and of course the branches in the and the the bad seed is this you know this lust and, and it gets in all the stuff but you see the limbs that come out of this is not a desire that you have to have instead and i couldn't find a single word for it but your limbs are suddenly you have a desire to give you have a desire to serve. You have a desire to build and help others. Your desires are suddenly other-focused. Why? Because you have no needs. And so you turn your attention outward. You see, you're looking for, I don't have any needs. Is there something or someone who does? Because, you see, the abundant life that you have, you've been given so much and you're so thankful, you know you can help meet a need somewhere else because you have no needs. And because of this, because you have love and acceptance and mercy and grace and forgiveness that's all in your life, um, you want to reach out with that. And and because of that, because you have that desire, those are the, 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 the limbs, the, the branches coming off of you, that means that the fruit that you now bearing, and we know the fruit is your actions, it is your deeds, they're good deeds, good works, good actions. And so suddenly, you are now reproducing the love of God and the abundant life in you to others. In other words, the kingdom of God is now being reproduced in your life. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, we are created to bear good fruit. 
That is the will of God. He wants us to do good things. He wants us to, to do this sort of thing. And so that's why we need to receive this resurrection life of Jesus Christ. And so, and then I talked about when the tree is full of maturity, birds will come and camp out in the tree. And birds are almost always evil in the Bible. They're, they usually represent uh, demonic spirits, evil spirits. They come in love. Not all birds, but most birds. Most birds. And especially if it's a generic bird, it's, it's usually bad. However, there is a type of bird that will come land in a good tree with good fruit. Oh my gosh, you mean there's a type of spirit that's going to come land? Well, yes. Isaiah 11, 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 says, That God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him and the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, 1 John 5, 6 says, And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. You see, we're not getting like spirits, spirits like, you know, angels aren't coming and camping out in us. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and, and, and fills up your branches. You know, he's the one that, that fills the trees, the Holy Spirit. And so the, quote, spirits, and I use that jokingly. I mean, it's, it's sort of a play on words. But you see, it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Uh, the spirit of revelation. He enlightens us. He is truth. The Holy Spirit. You remember when Jesus was baptized, it said the spirit descended on him like a dove. That's a Selah moment. That pauses for us to think about this. The Holy Spirit resides in us and he brings to us these things you know and the other battery you're talking about demonic influence demons addictions bondage oppression comes and rest in your life i know many people that when they get saved they, they can't believe the, the the strongholds and the things they have to deal with because they've allowed this demonic powers entrance into their lives but here, God just fills you with his spirit, his presence, and he gives you things that is beautiful. And unlike the, the other example, the bad seed, the bad tree, the bad fruit, you want to put walls up because it's ugly. And you want to hide who you really are to people. We, call, we, we talk about people in their walls. They put up walls. I can't really get to know them. If you, when you're living the love of God, the abundant life, and walking in obedience and faith and humility and now it's God supplying your needs and you want to help others and all these good deeds. What happens is that you don't need a wall because it's beautiful. The Spirit of God is living in you. You're able to give and receive. Ephesians 2.14 For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of division. 
Now, I know in context this is talking about the veil in the temple and Jesus has ripped that out. But the point is that God is ripping out a wall. There's not supposed to be a wall of separation between what? Us and him. And likewise, that means there's not supposed to be walls of separation between us and other people. Because God is making us one. There don't need to be a wall. Why? Because if I'm walking with God in abundant life and love and acceptance, what can hurt me? Why do I need a wall? 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now abide faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You see, the greatest, the greatest thing is love. And God is love, and that is the seed he's wanting to plant in our hearts. So that why? It will give us abundant life rooted. And that, that rooted life that comes from hearing his word, his rhema, will produce the structures in your life. What structures? Well, the structures are obedience, which is characterized by your faith and humility. By the fact that you don't need things because you've got everything supplied to you. God's met your needs. God is your supplier. You don't need anything from anyone. And you're able to give. You're able to give to a world that needs the light and the love of God and you can reproduce that in your life and in, in the deeds that you do so that why the love of God, the seed of love in those good deeds can be planted in other people's lives and the kingdom of God is now being reproduced. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we can see that your word in us produces good life structures. Father, I pray that those who listen will receive your word, that God, it will take root in them in abundant life, that God, it will produce an obedience that comes through faith and humility, God, that you will meet all their needs through your abundant living, that God, that they will suddenly have desires that you place in them to impact the world, that they're not here by mistake, but they're on purpose, and that they have a place of impact, and that they will go out and do great works, that they will, they will do things to help others, God, and your seed of love will be planted in their hearts. God, we thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Christian Impact Podcast. We've been covering a series that's going to go over for a year called the Chronicles of the Kingdom. We were talking about kingdom walk, kingdom lifestyle. If you've not caught up, you can catch up on previous lessons on ChristianImpact.net. I know it's a .net. It's not a .com. It's a .net. Check them out. We're also on Several other platforms, Spotify, Amazon, some others. Feel free to check those out. Encourage your friends. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>